Welcome to A Strong Woman for Strong Women with Erica Cummings, Financial Advisor at RBC Wealth Management. In this podcast, we help busy, high-achieving women overcome the financial stresses that can impact your health, wealth, and happiness. Join Erica as she explores ways you can create a healthy balance of financial wellness and replace limiting beliefs and bad habits to harmonize your journey toward total emotional and financial wellness. Let's get started. You've heard the phrase life-work balance, but how do we get it, especially high-achieving women? Welcome back to A Strong Woman for Strong Women with host Erica Cummings. Erica is a financial advisor with Harmony Financial Wellness Group at RBC Wealth Management. She knows what it takes to build that balance. And in this episode, she shares the eight dimensions of strength women need to create a more fulfilling life. I'm Patrice Sikora. A perfect day, Erica. Do we ever have a perfect day? We do, but they are sometimes few and far between. I want everybody to just close their eyes for a moment and take a deep breath. If you're driving, maybe don't close your eyes (laughs) and just imagine what a perfect day is to you. And obviously that's very different depending on the individual and depending on what their life is comprised of. We certainly have had them. We certainly look back in our history and say, wow, that that day was so magical. We could never, we could never actually make it happen again. So we have had them, but let's face it, they're hard to come by. We usually don't know them until they're in the past because we're doing so much. We're taking care of our family, we're climbing up the ladder, we're expanding our businesses, we're volunteering, organizing, scheduling. Some of us are training for half marathons, we're mastering our meal skills, especially at home. (laughs) And at the end of it all, we have hardly any time or energy left to just take care of the most important person. And do you and even yes. remember half the time to take care right. of yourself? You don't. Exactly. Exactly. And we for, we don't think of ourselves as the most important person, but we really are. And it seems that whatever part of our lives we're looking to bring more strength to, whether that's our family at a particular point or our job or our businesses or our fitness, something else seems to get completely out of whack while we're trying to focus on that particular thing. But I genuinely believe that the more familiar and comfortable we become with what we call the eight dimensions of strength that we're going to talk about today, the more we can kind of step out of those feelings of frenzy and guilt and stress and exhaustion and really start to focus on how we can find balance. And as we said in the last episode, they're not going to be perfect and equally Mm -hmm. balanced all at the same time but it's just becoming more familiar with them and understanding when they might be getting out of whack and how we can nurture them. Now, I understand most of these eight dimensions, the way you've got them labeled, financial, physical, et cetera, we'll go through those. But yes. there are one or two that I really want to look at, and they come at the end because yeah. I, I find them very interesting in how you came up with those. But let's start with the really, the number one for you especially yes. because you are a financial advisor. That's right. This is where our expertise lies, and that's in helping women ensure and and find their financial strength. So if you're a woman, you probably have an idea, you're working, you are a high achiever, you probably have a pretty good idea of what financial strength looks like to you. As strong women, we know that true financial strength is building a safety net that enables us to feel completely secure. We're independent. 
We're 100% in control of all aspects of our wealth. And this confidence definitely provides us with the ability to call our own shots. So a lot of us are at home right now. We're trying to manage our children and their schedules with school Mm -hmm. and homeschooling. Knowing that we can afford to hire a tutor or that we can afford to send our kids to a better college or a private school, this allows us to make sure that we're taking all that work and all that effort that we've put into earning wealth and giving it to the people that matter most to us. Investing in property that we want. I'm at a point in my life, I live in the Finger Lakes in New York, which if anybody's familiar, it's absolutely gorgeous here. And we're all at a point where maybe buying that lake house, that second home is is a real priority. Our kids might be leaving in the next few years. So being able to have a vacation home where we can take them and we know we have them for a week and they can't go anywhere and we get to spend (laughs) that quality time. You know, these are things that we want. We also can make really big career decisions. Some women decide to pull away from corporate America and say, you know what, I want to go out on my own. I want to be an entrepreneur. But everybody knows in order to take 10 steps forward, sometimes you have to take one step back. Knowing that you have the financial strength to do that is critical. Mm -hmm. It allows us to launch our own businesses, feel secure about retirement someday, and that we're not going to be dependent on other people. And what we really understand is that true prosperity and wealth takes planning beyond balance sheets, beyond budgets, and beyond investments. It takes a much deeper focus on why we're making the choices we make every day, the impact that they're having on our lives and all the people that we care about, and the bigger picture of what we're doing all of this for. Why are we waking up every morning and we all have those opportunities that we take that perhaps there's an opportunity cost because of it. Why are we doing all this? And we'll dive much deeper into this in Mm -hmm. future episodes. But confidence, this is what I'm hearing you say, you have the confidence to make the decisions yourself. That's right. So you are, you're confident because you have a plan, because you know why you're doing this. And we have basically looked at all the possible outcomes and what when, when you have those questions that keep you up at night, and this is something I've experienced over my 20 years, every single person at some point worries about money in some way. But the questions that we ask ourselves at night are very different. Mm-hmm. So when somebody asks themselves, what will happen if I run out of money? If you have a few hundred thousand dollars, that thought is going to be far scarier than if you have millions of dollars. But believe it or not, the same woman is thinking, what happens if I run out of money? It's a common thought. So having a plan, regardless of your situation, is what allows you to make the best decisions possible. So knowing that you have the confidence in making those decisions. Now, you mentioned retirement and thinking ahead. If you're not in good physical shape, though, how can you keep up the pace here? And then you get to retirement and you're a mess. That's right. And physical strength is number two on our list of our eight dimensions. The reason I have it as number two is obviously if we don't have our health, then we don't have anything. And, you know, we all know what we should be doing, but because of our busy lives, we sit back and say, do I really want to eat broccoli tonight again? I've been trying to shed some of this COVID-19 pounds, if you will. (laughs) And there are many moments where I say, oh gosh, I deserve, I deserve, I deserve. Who wants to eat healthy when we're feeling stressed out? 
what we want to do is buffer. We want to find ways to not feel stressed out. You know, who has time for working out when we have 500 deadlines or who cares about putting on makeup if we have, you know, zero time to actually, you know, worry about going out or doing anything. And the other thing that women do is we do feel like we have a clock ticking and we tend to feel like we have this expiration date. And so the topic of physical strength to me is a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. On the one hand, we absolutely know how important it is to take care of our health. Everybody knows that. But at the same time, we tend to back burner our own health in an effort to care for everyone else. We mentioned this in the last episode that I have canceled mammograms. I have canceled doctor's appointments because things pop up for my kids or pop up for work. So even though I know how important it is and the fact that I didn't go is causing more stress, we do it because we are just dedicated to so many other people in our lives. But we have unique health concerns. And I'm sure there's lots of women listening right now that can agree that it is so important that we have good relationships with our healthcare providers, and we have to be willing to come forward with any medical conditions. And here's the most important part, push back when we have that nagging feeling that something is just not right. Yes, yes. I'm in my mid forties. It's very easy for things that I'm feeling to be chalked up to it's hormones, it's midlife. If you really feel as if something is, is truly beyond the norm, we need to be pushing for that. You know, your body. Exactly. And on the flip side, and this is why I say it's a double-edged sword. Physical strength is also about feeling confident about the, how we look physically. And this is something that's big for women. I know it's really big in raising, I have an 11 year old daughter and it's all about self-confidence and speaking from experience, when a woman feels unhappy about her body and wants to hide from the world, Mm -hmm. so to speak, it can hold her back from so many experiences. It could hold people back from experiencing love. It might hold you back from a career, from networking, from growth opportunities, and it could literally be costing women millions of dollars. So consider if your teenage daughter said to you, I want to run for school president, but I'm worried that I'm too fat. I'd tell her, do it anyway. You're not exactly. fat. It's the inside you would that counts. Say, you would never say, yeah, you're right. You probably yeah. should lose weight first and maybe run next year when you're thinner. You would absolutely say you have great ideas. Go run for president. Do it and do it now. Absolutely. So my biggest thing is women. We need to start talking to ourselves the same way we talk to our daughter, to our girlfriends, or a loved one. And in pursuit of physical strength, we need to strike that balance between having that good health, knowing we need good health. Health is is one of the best investments you can make in yourself, but also having a good body image and making sure that you are not starting your day off beating yourself up and bullying yourself before you even walk out the door. And this often comes with having an achievable health plan that's underpinned by a, a very trustworthy support system. So I can't stress enough how we have to be kinder to ourselves, but also make sure that we're advocating for ourselves and have the right providers around us. What about emotional strength? So this is a big one, especially right now in the middle of COVID. All of us are tackling all kinds of emotional issues. So how are you doing as women building your emotional strength? What if we care for ourselves in the same way that we're caring for everybody else? We're the traditional primary caregivers. Women put everyone else before themselves. And often it's at the expense of our own health and happiness. But the truth is 
that unless we put ourselves first, we can never be our best selves. And we have to stop thinking about self-care and emotional strength as being selfish. And you'll hear me say this repeatedly over this podcast. We need to put our own oxygen mask on first. It is critical that we are doing well. According to the World Health Organization, more than one in five women in the United States have experienced a mental condition in the past year, such as depression or anxiety. And I would imagine that you take COVID out of the equation and the statistics probably aren't much different. And this is just what's been reported. Exactly. How many people don't don't report? Exactly. So that's what's even more problematic is that a lot of women are suffering from mental illness in some capacity, but they often don't come forward because we feel shame. We have a societal expectation or oftentimes we place the expectations on ourselves and it puts us under this immense pressure and it's incredibly detrimental to our well-being. So we don't seek out help. We don't talk about it. We seem less than or we see other people that seem to have it all together. So we don't come forward and, and ask for the help. So it makes it more important than ever for us to care for ourselves and to stay healthy emotionally. And some people may not even realize that they need some help. They don't because we're just living on this hamster wheel where we just feel like this is normal. And that's part of my purpose of this podcast is to call out the fact that this is not normal. We shouldn't feel as if we are drowning all the time. And that's not to say that by the time you go through these eight dimensions, that you're never going to have a day where you just Mm -hmm. are struggling. But it is so much easier to get a grip on what's happening day to day when you have a clearer picture of all the things that are going on inside of you that need to be focused on. And that work-life balance is a huge contributor of our emotional strain. I remember when I first started in business 20 years ago, I hadn't had my children yet. I had just met my husband. So we were dating and we ended up getting married and we had our first child right away. And I was certain that I was gonna have this work-life balance figured out as a mom, certain. And then I blinked. And the next thing I knew, I was in the trenches. And as time has gone on, I have quickly gone from hero to zero as a mom so many times. (laughs) Join the crowd. Join the crowd. Yeah. And I just want to say for all the listeners out there that one of the best things that I can say is the kids aren't going to remember the zeros because what we think are zeros, we just forget it. It lasts for days in our heads. Our kids don't even remember that. They remember that you're there. And so I finally realized that trying to create harmony between my personal and my professional life wasn't supposed to be an additional full-time job. So I didn't need to keep listening to all this self-help and then also figuring out books to read and then writing schedules on how I can fit time in with my children and finding the best adventures for them. And it, it was it was ridiculous. And so I had to learn how not to let one bad day cloud the rest of my week that I get up the next morning, life, it does not come with a manual and n- hardly anything goes as planned. You mean you're not perfect? You're not perfect, Erica. Believe it or not, I'm not. And I've learned that I have to give myself some grace and stop comparing myself to others, especially on social media. Absolutely no one's life is perfect. (laughs) This is true. But we can quickly start to believe it when we're constantly exposing ourselves to these perfect images. And now's the time with the holidays when you're seeing 
pictures after the kids have gone to get their portraits for their cards. And it's just overwhelming. I'm happy if I can get everybody to look in the right direction at the same time. But then you see these perfect pictures of everybody. You have to stop worrying about trying to be perfect. Give yourself permission to let go of that. And it's okay to just stop trying so hard. For many of us, it can seem impossible to find that sweet spot between work and home. So remember that we're doing the very best that we can and that that's enough. Give yourself grace. The next time someone asks you, how do you manage to do it all yourself? Just smile when you tell them, I don't. (laughs) Try it. It's actually really liberating. Look at them and say, I don't. Not only will you feel good, but you'll probably make that woman who asked you feel even better. And she may actually open up to you and say, I don't either. Exactly. We are all in this together. And I think that uh, we have to all, rising tides lift all, all boats. So. Now, there's, the next one is spiritual strength. My thought here, reading through what you were talking about, or will be talking about, is joy. So many people do not have joy. Mm-hmm. They claim they've got some spiritual strength or spirituality, but there is no joy to it. Right. Because I think we look at life as a constant pursuit instead of being present and understanding that life happens when you're, we know the quote, when you're busy planning. Mm. So to me, spiritual strength, which is one of the dimensions, it's all about having a higher purpose. And that differs for everyone according to their beliefs. So this has nothing to do with spiritual in the sense of the traditional word. It's about having a higher purpose beyond that daily grind and seeing life as a journey rather than a destination. And it can truly enhance the spiritual element of strength and keep us more joyous. So being present was something I had to really learn along the way in my life. I was a perfectionist when it came to work when it came to how my house looked. So when I would come home, the first thing I would do is have to make sure the laundry was done, the dishes were done, the the dinner dinner was in the oven, everything was perfect. And all the while, my children are out front playing with their friends and they're riding their bikes and they are having pure joy. And my husband was on the front porch watching them because he knew the dishes are going to get done at some point. Mm -hmm. The kids don't care what the house looks like. They're going to eat. We're going to feed them. They're not going to (laughs) starve. It took me a while to finally just let go and say that it's more than just finding a career, a home, or a person to spend my life with. These play enormous roles, but being a mother, being a daughter, being a friend, it's not not just checking a box. It's actually finding, again, that, that purpose or purposes where we no longer feel like every day we don't know why we're here. What's the point of all this? Like I just did this yesterday. It's Groundhog Day every day. Where do I go now? So we have to remember that that we need to focus on what are we doing and being present, being okay with the fact that things are not going to be perfect all the time and understand that those purposes change over time. So our interests, our passions, our careers, motherhood, they all go in these cycles and all women ebb and flow. So we have to be okay with just going with the flow and going with the flow sometimes is the best part of finding your purpose. So if you've ever looked in the mirror and not recognized yourself or wondered why things were happening in your life, you might need to go back to the drawing board and that's okay. I tend sometimes to think about being present and being truly present as if you can, while you're listening to this, 
or down the road, think of the one thing that when you're doing it, you literally lose all track of time. Hmm. You have no idea that two, three hours just passed. That is the most present you could ever be. It's the most present you could ever be because nothing out time, everything goes out the window. So just trying to discover and explore and nurture those things that keep your inner fire going because we're going to have those really bad days. We're going to go from hero to zero as moms. We're going to have those bad days at work. But when we have that purpose, we know what that inner fire is. It helps guide every decision we make. It helps us make the right choices for, for ourselves and the people that we love and be unabashedly firm in the path that we're taking and have confidence that this builds your spiritual strength. It, it just, it's not tangible, but it's something that's going to keep you fired up and going your whole life. And friends can do that too. I have to admit, I'm older than you. I have three friends from college, though. We were thrown together as freshmen, and thank God they have kept it going all these years. I won't say how many. And now I appreciate them so much. Tell me about friends. Oh, it's awesome. That's so great because to me, your whole life is filled with what I call tribes. So the people around you that are like you, and it's so important that you nurture that. So the next one is social strength. And building social strength is all about the relationships in your life, your partner, your children, your family members, your friends. And we're tasked as women with wearing so many hats in life. We're daughters, we're sisters, we're mothers, we're girlfriends, we're wives, we're friends, we're chefs, we're caregivers, we're supporters, (laughs) we're cheerleaders. We can go on and on and on. And so with all these roles in our various relationships, it's no wonder that from time to time, a relationship challenge can really throw you for a loop and you just need a little help. Or you might be simply looking for insights that will help to strengthen the relationships that you already have. We as women, we are, we're the heart of the home. So women and family go hand in hand, women and relationships go hand in hand. And so whether as a mother or a daughter or a sister, it's a wonderful thing. I love my relationships, but it can be a challenge. Mm-hmm. Whether it's dealing with a troubled sibling or handling care for an elderly parent or hashing it out with a cousin or two at Thanksgiving. And boy, have we had a lot over the past years to not agree on. And so naturally, you can't talk about relationships without knowing that there's going to be ebbs and flows. And a lot of times we are the, we tend to carry whatever that conversation was or the thing that we said or what was said to us and it roots deep into our brain mm-hmm. and we have a really hard time moving forward. That happens a lot with our partners. So we obviously can't talk about relationships without talking about our partners. And to me, whether it comes to marriage, divorce, or losing your spouse, how you find it, how you survive it, how you improve it. These are all so important to our well-being and that continuous creation of social strength. I've been married 17 years. My husband and I have definitely had our ups and downs and the roles that we've played in each other's lives along the way have changed substantially. So a lot of it has to do with our children. And Mm -hmm. when I was a new mother, obviously, I was the person when they were first born. And then things shifted as time went on. When my job or my career or his job or his career required more of us, then we had to shift. Sometimes it starts out with that 
thought in the back of your brain that you want to say, but you don't. Um, but so much, so many of life's biggest decisions often involve both good and bad communication. And I've certainly been there with my husband, the big blow ups where you look back and you say, oh my gosh, we have to strive to do better. So we just have to look at how to communicate a bit better and understand that that social strength is something we have to always work on. But as you mentioned, friendships. Oh, our friendships, especially as we get older, the friendships that women make, they're often our saving grace. They're a lighthouse needed when times get tough and the anchor when it seems as though we're going to flounder. So when I'm in the argument with my husband or I feel like I'm the worst mother on the planet or (laughs) I don't know what to do with a career decision or I'm just not feeling great about myself, when you have a good tribe of women, a group of women that share the same they don't have to necessarily share all the same philosophies as you, but they share the same path. And I've noticed this a lot as I've been working over the past two decades that I've had many clients that have lost their husbands, they've gone through divorces, and they've said their tribe has changed. That when you are a single woman, whether as a widower or as a divorced woman, your friendships do change. It's just mm-hmm. it's just the natural course of things. So it's really important to seek out women and even men that are in the same, just on the same path as you. Because as we get older, making and keeping good friends is much harder than it seems. We get so busy in so many areas that oftentimes this is the part that gets in, that gets ignored. But to me, it's probably one of the biggest resources women can have in their lives. My favorite time is saying to my friends something I felt was terrible that happened as a mother and then them telling me how much worse they did that week. (laughs) It makes me feel so much better. So we almost compare how bad we were as mothers that week. And before you know it, the thing that you felt was so terrible that you did suddenly becomes, you say, okay, well, if, if, if everyone else's kids are going through this too, then obviously all those hours of therapy I was planning on purchasing for my kids may not have to happen. And so it's really, really important that we nourish those social strengths and your good friends will understand when you have to dip in and dip out. It's just, you know, we all know how much we have on our plates, but just remember that Sometimes a text message or just a quick call, anything is, is, um, is amazing. And it can certainly change the course of someone's day. Talk to me about occupational strength. Yeah. So this is one that hopefully everybody on here can appreciate because we're all high achieving women. This is really about knowing your worth and owning your personal brand and being unwavering in your vision and always knowing when and how to pivot. Our professional paths are all unique. Some of us work for big corporations, some of us are entrepreneurs, but the one thing we all have in common is a desire to prosper. So as high achieving women, we have chosen to make our careers a large part of who we are. So we have chosen, and this is by no means a judgment call on any other type of women, but as high achieving career driven women, we have chosen to take a large part of our day, our weeks, our months, our years, and put it towards our careers. So this does mean sacrificing other parts of our lives in order to achieve those goals. So it's so important that we elevate each other that we share our experiences, good and bad, 
and impart our life lessons on the next generation of women. We're making progress in building our occupational strength, but let's keep moving forward because we have a lot to do. We have a lot to do as far as breaking more glass ceilings, as far as making the paths easier for our next generation of girls and making sure that we are not second guessing the way that maybe our mothers did. Mm -hmm. I remember having a conversation with my mom and a lot of, of my friends' mothers would say the same thing that success as a woman 20, 30, 40 years ago was being more man-like. It was absolutely mm -hmm. accommodating true. the current environment. And I love seeing how much things are changing and how we are starting to say, wait a minute, we're 50% of the population. We're 50% of the buying power in this country, if not more, depending on the products that we're talking about. It's time that you actually do it our way. And <laughs> in order to make sure that companies are doing it our way, we need to be representing the decision makers. So we need to be in the boardrooms, in the C-suites. We need to be there saying, you know what, that, that communication, that marketing plan is not going to resonate with these women. And so it's not necessarily pointing the finger at men in any way, shape or form. It's just sometimes they don't know. So we need to keep elevating each other. We need to mentor. We need to sponsor, which is huge, actually paving the way for more women to get into those leadership positions. And then also imparting everything we've learned on the next generation so that hopefully each and every generation will continue to find more strength. So everything we've learned and we continue to learn throughout life, we should be anyway, right? Absolutely. Yes. And, and that's why, again, some of the biggest resources and some of the most important reasons why I'm doing this all involves not just helping my peers, but also their daughters and nieces and this future generation of women that are coming after us. We want to make sure that that this, this is a, a wheel that's rolling down the road and we don't want it to stop. And we want that intellectual strength ourselves. We want to be curious. We want to be educated. Yes. So this is one that I think is important because it does, this takes real time and it also takes real effort for us to fill this in. So this is intellectual strength. This is beyond what we have to learn for work. It's beyond learning like I am how to teach my son algebra as we're homeschooling. This is intellectual strength in the sense of being a lifelong learner. So it's about being curious beyond what's in our day-to-day -day routine. It's wanting to be educated and having what we call a growth mindset. So thinking that I can shift the way I think, I can adapt, I don't have to be just stuck and pigeonholed in this one position. And we need to continually keep our skills sharp and as up-to-date as possible so that we can have an edge in everything that we do. So I was talking to you earlier before we started. And I said, one of the things that I've always wanted to do every year, I would say, I want to read more. I don't care if it's fictional, non-fictional, whatever it might be. I just wanted to read more that didn't have to do with work. And I would have this lofty goal of reading five, 10 books a year. And it just, as soon as I wrote it down, I felt just hyperventilating. Mm -hmm. And this is insane. I don't have time for this. I'll put this at the bottom. And I can't remember where I read it. So unfortunately, I can't give credit to the person. But somebody did say, instead of having a goal of 
X amount of books in a year, I have a goal of 10 pages a day, just 10 pages a day. It's the smallest increment of time when you really think about it. And by the time you're done with the year, depending on the length of the books, you could have read that five to 10 books and just think of how much smarter you'll be. Even if it's learning about opposing viewpoints, how much just more well-rounded you'll be if you continue to always be a lifelong learner. To me, it's embracing that natural desire that we all have to learn and adapting to change, enriching our minds and fulfilling our lives. We may find a hobby that we never even thought we wanted to embark on. So there's nothing like building our intellectual strength. Knowledge is always power. So never stop striving to grow in this area because it is hard. It's something that, like I said, goes on the bottom of the list. It's I'll read when I retire. I'll read when I'm on vacation. I'll read when I'm in the plane going to my next meeting. (laughs) Just remember that education is key. And it is actually a big part of the binder process that we talked about in our last podcast. So we'll be talking a lot about education in the future. To me, it's paramount to um, having the best outcomes in life. All right. The eighth dimension of strength here is the one that I really I suggested at the beginning of the podcast. I have the most questions about. I, I need more information on this, more insight. Environmental strength. What is yes. that? So at first thought, people might think of the physical environment, which yes. by all means, think of the physical environment. We need to take care of um, we need to take care of our environment. We need to be focused on climate change and focused on all of the the things that our children and future grandchildren are going to have to worry about. But in this particular case, environment really means the people and the things around us. So it involves building our legacy and facilitating the imprint that we want to have on those around us. So it could be the environment. It could be you saying, I want to leave a legacy Mm -hmm. on helping the climate. It could be that I want to be philanthropic. I want to volunteer. I want to have some type of familial heritage. It's all about how we want to be remembered. And that part of being remembered can happen while you're still alive here on earth in terms of the time that you give or the monetary contributions that you make, or it could be when, when you're gone and that there's Mm -hmm. that legacy. So this clearly becomes more important as we age, but it's a real major part I have found of that spiritual strength, that evolution of our purpose, because we start to look back and say, why did we do all of this? How do we want to be remembered? I have so many clients that have wealth well beyond what they need. Mm -hmm. And the conversations start to be, what, what do you want beyond just yourself? So initially when people retire, it's often, okay, I just want to make sure that I'm going to be comfortable. I'm checking things off my bucket list. Our health is good. We are where we want to be. We're spending time with our grandchildren. And for a lot of women, there's a lot of money and that there's plenty of money to take care of all of that. So it's important to start to think about what you want to do with the wealth that you've created. So we talked in this podcast about the sacrifices that we make as high achieving women. We decide on any given day how we want to spend our hours. And if we're spending them at work and we're creating wealth and we're clear on how we want to have that wealth for ourselves and perhaps for our children, and all those boxes are checked, well, why else are we sacrificing? Mm -hmm. What is something beyond just kind of our our nuclear 
surrounding that we want to also think about. And again, it becomes more important the older that we get, but it is beneficial to think about it now and to consider additional ways that you want to grow in this important area. Because I have found, and this is obviously not for every woman, but I have found that some women are almost embarrassed about having too much wealth because at that point it's, well, now we're being greedy or perhaps we should be giving it to someone else. I agree, but why not use your, your, your talents and your ability to create wealth to then impart it onto other people, organizations, charities that you care about. So it's using all of these strengths that we've talked about and then saying, okay, I have, I have more than enough and this is what I want to do with it. So it's, again, it's facilitating that imprint that we want to leave on, on the world around us. So you're saying then when things aren't going quite the way you want them to, it's because you've lost focus on what really matters? I think so. I I think it's surprising how quickly we can lose sight of the most important things in life. And I've had monthly client calls with our clients just to kind of keep everybody abreast of what's been going on during COVID. And more importantly, just to see each other's faces. And, And a lot of times we're not talking about money as much as we're just talking about how we're all surviving right now. We have been through one heck of a year but we've also had what I call kind of COVID beneficiaries. So the opportunity to maybe step back and look at what was not going exactly right in our lives and what was not exactly the most important thing at the time. It's, it's amazing what something like this can do to shift your priorities. So busy schedules and regular routines kind of tend to put our brain on autopilot and we've all had this pause, so to speak. So. I think one of the things that we can do is take what we've experienced and unfortunately are still experiencing right now uh, and kind of look at how we can learn from this and say, you know what, when things aren't quite right and quite not the way you want them to be, it's often because we've lost focus on what really matters. And focusing on life's fundamental truths can be difficult, especially if they're reminding you that you're not heading in the right direction. And that's why these eight dimensions are really cornerstone to the conversation that we have with our clients. So our meetings are not just about investments. They're not just about balance sheets and budget sheets. It's about the whole picture because we care so deeply about them and realize that there's no amount of money that will be enough if all the other parts of your life are falling apart. Erica, how can someone contact you if they want to talk more about this? You can find us on our website at HarmonyFinancialWellness.com. We're also on Facebook by the same name. And always feel free to reach out to me on email at Erica.Cummings at RBC.com. And I'm on LinkedIn as well. All right. To help you reach a life balance, cultivate the eight dimensions of strength. Erica Cummings, financial advisor of Harmony Financial Wellness Group here at RBC Wealth Management, can help guide you. For more episodes of Erica's podcast, A Strong Woman for Strong Women, subscribe with the subscribe button on this page. You can also share with the share button. I'm Patrice Sikora, and let's talk again later. Thank you for listening to A Strong Woman for Strong Women with Erica Cummings. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. 
The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest as of the date of this recording, is subject to change without notice, and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of RBC Wealth Management. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or another qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Investment and insurance products offered through RBC Wealth Management are not insured by the FDIC or any other federal government agency, are not deposits or other obligations of or guaranteed by a bank or any bank affiliate, and are subject to investment risks including possible loss of the principal amount invested. RBC Wealth Management is a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSE FINRA SIPC. RBC Wealth Management does not provide tax or legal advice. All decisions regarding the tax or legal implications of your investments should be made in connection with your independent tax or legal advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. It is not possible to invest directly in an index.